Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. I'm allergic to shit football. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Bottle Jobs podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. Hello, mate. Hello. I'm going to start this one off with a question. Okay. This is from Ali Craig Bell. Mm -hmm. He says, I listen to every Arsenal podcast religiously every single week. And for whatever reason, the answers make me feel a little bit better. Not this week, though. I've learned. So name five Arsenal players that you think would make a good big brother house all in one go and why. Um, like he's since it. added. He since added. I was drunk and don't remember asking this, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lacazette, because of the story that you told one time about. Apparently, he invited like some girls back to his place to watch him play football, and then dropped such a stink where he didn't go home. And I feel I like you just get. I just feel like he'd get absolutely torn to pieces, like taking the piss out of. Um, and I'd. Find I think it if hilarious. those girls watched his performance last night, they might have gone home too. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Hector Bellerin, because I love his personality, but I hate his footballing ability. Um, yeah, I think Xhaka would be the sort of... You want him there just for the drama. He'd be the sort of guy who... I'm watching um, Married at First Sight Australia at the moment. It's the worst slash best thing I've ever seen. It's absolutely awful. They don't even try and hide how scripted it is. I love it. They like give... They accidentally give people the same lines, so they say the same things. Like the the like angry brother trope in the different weddings ha- accidentally had the same line, and you're like, okay, so this is <laughs> just not even Fuck trying to hide sake. it. Fuck's <laughs> sake! What's your intentions with my sister? Um, yeah, I reckon Jacka, Bellerin, mm. Lacker. You want you want someone. You want someone like I reckon Balogun would be would be quite good, and we'll come on to him later. But I reckon mm. someone who's like clearly a bit of a youngster, but a bit of a sort of yeah. rates himself. Yeah, and then maybe big, David Luiz to sort big of separate it all out. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, 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 I think that's a decent lineup. I think that's a decent lineup. Okay, there you go, Ali. I thought it was a good question. Uh, right, Brad, we've got to talk about the football, then, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, Arsenal won, Slavia Prague won at the Emirates in the Europa League quarterfinal. Mm. Uh, we're back again, aren't we? We're back again, mm. talking about the same type of performance in the same season. Arsenal have now gone 14 games without a clean without sheet, a clean uh, conceding in the 90, what was it, the 94th minute last night? Yeah, like 90, we had four minutes of extra time. We conceded at like 93 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah. Like, how are you feeling like i feel um, like this is one of those where we 
it feels like a, a not a turning point kind of game because I think that's too far to, to go. But it feels like one of those games which kind of defines the season in in an, in that it it's the perfect microcosm of all of our issues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think <laughs> like if what... you could only show someone one game from this season, I I would show someone that one. Yeah, because like the league's done. Like, yeah, we're not we're we're not getting any higher than eighth. Whether we can mathematically get fourth or not, which we still currently can, if every single result goes our way, it's not going to happen. Ch- like Chelsea are looking strong, so like so the league's done. So this is kind of our. I think is the is it is raison d'être the right phrase? Like this <laughs> is our. Like PA, mate, like this is um this is the one thing that we yeah. need to be really focusing on, which is you know I texted you before about that I'm really pissed off about this Tierney news because it, we're going to finish fucking tenth anyway, so why are we risking him against Liverpool when they're going to smack us anyway? And now he's out for the rest of the season. Now look, I know that that's just me getting pissed off with hindsight and like, which is why I don't blame which Arteta. Is what? And I don't hindsight is yeah, I know 2020 all this fucking <laughs> shite. But like, that's why I don't blame, like, at the end of the day, there were so many players out, it's not like he could have not played him. Do you know what I mean? It's just annoying that it's happened this way. Yeah, I think I think I I agree with you. This this is just the perfect. um, Like boiling down of how bad we've been this season. It's 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 everything. It's a game that we absolutely had to win and didn't seem to be up for. It's a game where our, you know, it shows our problems off the pitch in that our captain, who we've just given a three-year contract to, isn't even playing. Yeah. Um, it shows our issues. It shows our frailties defensively. It shows our frailties in terms of mentality. Offensively. It shows the, you know, the the injuries to key players in Tierney. It's the perfect summing up and, and summation. It and, shows the tactical... Perfect, also... It shows the tactical naivety from Mikel at times. It shows everything that's been the issues with us this season. Uh, yeah, and the, and the the lack of progression. This is what I mean. I think this is why I got frustrated last night. I've since rewatched quite a bit of the match, um, just to kind of get get a more level headed opinion because I think that ninety fourth minute goal massively coloured my entire opinion of the match. Yeah, um, which isn't you know true or fair representation. And to kind of give to give an opinion on it, you have to be pretty like as as reasonable objective as you can be yeah yeah as objective as i can be as an emotions come into it we're we're fans of course you know this is a fan podcast just run by two people who like love the club so i and like you say it shows all of these things but it also shows the lack of progression that we have seen on all fronts this season the lack of progression from our manager and um I, there were, I think it's important to touch on because it was a massive... The Mikel Arteta out brigade were out last night and I think it's important to kind of touch on it and move past that this point as quickly as possible. I don't want Mikel Arteta out. I am starting to worry because there is a worrying lack of progression from him. We're making the same mistakes that we were making in November. Uh, we are um, not learning. We are trusting experience over talented youth that aren't providing for us with Lacazette, with Willian, with all of these players when we're benching players like Martinelli, when Balogun isn't even getting in the squad. Balogun, you could argue, is because that we want him to sign a new contract and we're trying to incentivise him, saying he won't play until this happens. Um, making substitutions too late. All of these issues that 
because let's specifically speak about Mikel before we get into the game, are things that were issues six months ago. So that's yeah. a problem. It's not yeah, the I, biggest I, problem, but that's still a problem. And I think and we, we... Sorry, it's not time. Here. It's not time to get rid of the manager. Absolutely not. Because there has been moments like we have... We've, we're, we're currently seeing better patterns of play. We're... Um, dominating games more than we used to and rather than us losing or drawing games because we are being outplayed we're losing or drawing games because we're being shot in the like we're shooting ourselves in the foot half the time yeah um and that's a positive within a negative so i don't think it's time to really start the whole do we change the manager conversation Mm. but i would be lying if i didn't say that i was starting to get worried with the lack of progression from him and that I don't, I don't think that conversation's far away because we do like, I understand trust the process and I am trusting the process, but currently I'm seeing no progression within this process. We've, we, we, we so often we've hired a young manager for his potential, but Mm. he's not unlocking his own potential. He's not progressing. Mm. And that's an issue. Yes. And I really, really take that on board. I think where I was in sort of November, December was I was going, the pro- the problem with this is and I always encourage fans and, and myself and, and the narrative to kind of just, just widen out a little bit from the game and it's like you have to take these things in context mm. we can't be so reactive as fans but I think something that was kind of Mikel's um, not saving grace but a, a, a something going for him in November, December in that, in that terrible run was this was the first time he's had this kind of run let's see how he turns it round and he did do that right and then you go okay so you want to learn from those mistakes but then last night I'm seeing, and and you know, David Luiz is out, so that you know I have there's certain um, uh, tempering thing, you know, tempering factors, right? But I'm seeing Rob Holding playing balls over the top. That can't be. That can't be the tactical setup. It can't be. And if Mikel has asked the players to do that, that is a worry. That is a concern. And we also have to remember why we changed system in the first place. You know, we didn't change. We didn't change in. Uh, was it was it December against Chelsea when we first saw the system change to a four two three one when we beat them? We that wasn't from a, a place of Mikel going, this isn't working. I'm changing. I remember William being unavailable. Um, like players were unavailable and couldn't start. Yeah. I think it was through like maybe ex- Gabriel. I think it was like exposure to COVID maybe or something. Yeah, it was a I forced was change that he stumbled on that yeah. worked for a little while that yeah, now yeah, is no longer working. And and so he 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 fixed these problems in November December. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, and I agree with you. The the things that he was doing at the time that we spoke about on this podcast, the over reliance on experience, the the late substitutions, the the mistakes that he was making then, he fixed. He brought Smith Rowe into the team. He brought Saka into the team. I thought he was seeing some some progression with the substitutions. And then we look back and we now go, okay, so was that just you were trying something different that you don't want to do? And this is your real. This is the mm. real plan because if this is the real plan, it's not working, mate. And go back to what you know was mm. working. And I agree with you. The signs of progression, it's difficult to trust the process. And it's difficult, like, my defense of Mikel that I would have done in December, November, now now begins to go... It's like if you're in a really, really toxic relationship, right? Mm. And you see someone and you're you're abusive to your partner or whatever, and, and, and the partner calls them out and they go, hey... You know, you need to stop calling me names. You need to stop, I don't know, whatever. 
well, you don't, don't want to take it down a nasty road, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you need to stop this pattern of behavior. Right, and the relationship improves. And you go, oh my God, they learned from their mistakes. Then you, a couple of months later, see the same things start creeping back in. And you go, okay, so did you learn or were you just just changing it because it was beneficial for you at the time? But actually, this is the, per- you're, you're revealing to us who you really are. Yeah, that, and also and this because you were forced question. into. Because I think yeah. after that Chelsea game, it became there was no choice but to play those players yeah, because yeah, yeah, they yeah, put yeah, yeah. a stamp on that game. They 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 stepped up and demanded the right almost yeah. in that yeah, game. Yeah. So Mikel, how can you knew, drop Smith Rowe after that? Do you know what I mean? Ex- how could you exactly? And I think that that this is the issue is that. Now that we're seeing, you know, we've had Smithrow and Saka down through injury. Erdegaard's currently down through injury. We're reverting to type and he's reverting to type. And I understand sticking with the whole kind of idea of his potential and moving forward with that. And I think that that is definitely currently the way forward. But there, there must come a time when we look at the situation and we go, we've got a very inexperienced manager who currently seems out of his depth to me. Mm. You know, he's making the same mistakes he was making in November with the late substitutions, with the And you forgive that if there's somewhere to go. You forgive that. You forgive that if there's somewhere to go. But we've been through this once before. Yeah, yeah. And we're not seeing where we can go. And we're seeing things go tits up at Tottenham and Tottenham being linked to Nagelsmann, who is a you know, a fantastic manager. We're seeing things go tipped up at Dortmund. And so they've sacked Lucien Favre or he resigned and they've arranged to get Marco Rosa in. Like we are seeing people take, and we've, we saw it at Chelsea. Chelsea Be saw it going wrong. <laughs> Pardon? Be protagonists. <laughs> but we, you know, we saw, we saw it going wrong. Uh, uh, other clubs and other clubs have re- reacted and they are now yeah, yeah. M- moving forward Chelsea never looked like they were going to get to the semi-final of the Champions League or and past Atletico Madrid Chelsea depending on how other results go now have a like a route to the final and it 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 does get to a point where I go how much do I trust in a man's potential who currently isn't showing me he can progress with that potential yeah it's the same with a player how long do you play say a balligan if he doesn't give you what you're needing and i now will i now i i support the club i support arteta i'm by me saying this i'm not saying um i'm not saying arteta out Mm. i'm just saying that i can understand why people are, are, are getting done with it now yes and it gets to a point where i can no longer support lacazette starting over martinelli i can't if he continues yeah. to start these players over certain players, they are the nails in what would what should be his coffin. Because realistically, we've improved the squad in the summer. We have a better squad than we did last season. And we're worse. Or not changing so- soon enough. Like, this is the thing. I think, you know, j- just to slightly, you know, as all young white men like to do, play devil's advocate here. The, the sort of... <laughs> love it the, the thing with it is like i, I do want to slightly temper my because I, I everything i said i believe right mm. but strange if i didn't but the thing i want to say is i understand there are some kind of exonerating circumstances right so there are a few players out um and to be clear i agree with you i'm not saying Mikel out either and ultimately 
I will stick by everything that I've said this season on this podcast. The players are the first and foremost problem, right? They went out oh, there 100%. last night and they're a pro- God, You yeah. cannot tell me you and me could have managed them last night. That team, man for man, should be beating Slavia Prague. I don't care. I don't care if they didn't do any practice. I don't care if they didn't look at Slavia Prague. I don't care if they didn't know who they're playing till half an hour before. You cannot tell me a team full of internationals. Um, players who've been signed for 40, 50 million pounds, a player who comes on it who's who's worth 72 million pounds, and I know it's simplistic analysis, but overall, there's some kind of point there oh, where so much you should be beating Slavia Prague. Yeah, so, it should. Oh, and, and we'll come on to it, the kind of the, the mentality of it and the, the issues with the, the, the duels and stuff. And where I actually think we're going wrong on the football pitch is massively related to that and related to the duels and the mentality and the mm. trying to trying to win the match. That's the main issue, right? But for me, the Mikel issue is sort of slowly creeping. It's up. creeping that, up on us. Yeah. It is creeping yeah. up on us, and that this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying, and I agree with you. I think the playing staff is first and foremost the biggest issue that we need to sort, and we we've seen that through the the almost a correlation in the same issues happening with Wenger in his last few years, Emery and his tenure, and then Arteta. There's been issues like. The players let Emery down in Baku. There's there's no like and, and there's moments like that through the last few years of Wenger, through Emery's tenure and now. I oh, there's a little bit of bleed on your side, mate. I can hear it. Um like and it, but one thing I think is important is uh, like it is like you say, the play I the whole hot like the, the playing staff is the first issue. But Everything in football is like, like we've always said before, it's cyclical. Everything happens in this weird cycle. And certain managers are only available at certain points. And I think with that issue creeping up, if that issue still is still creeping up on us come the end of the season and say we finish 10th, we are knocked out by Slavia Prague and... Um, like, you know, it, it's a poor end to the season... I think it has to become part of the conversation that I love there that there, we had nothing else to say. Needed. We'd be out of the effort. Uh, we'd be out of the car. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't we? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? But, yeah. No. And I think that it, it, it has to become part of the conversation purely because there are other managers who are better now. And whilst yeah. I believe in his yeah, potential, we, we, yeah. I can, we can, it, it might come a point where we can no longer, allow his lack of ability now to hold us back yeah 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 we've we, listen we, we, we've covered that ground Let, let's get yeah. to the game we yeah yeah it, it's just it's hard it's so hard and i think where this all comes from is a place of care like we all want the club to do well obviously and I think sometimes, you know, the, the culture and the Arteta out, they only want him out because they want Arsenal to win football matches. And that's all it is. Everyone's got the same mm-hmm. goal. I think sometimes there's so much infighting and so much negativity that you forget that. We all just want Arsenal to do well. And it's probably, be- and it's probably because of the worldview at the moment. Like, we're all, yeah, exactly. the, the only thing that we have is, like, that a lot of people have is football. Goal. Yeah, that's true. Because of, the, because of the way that things are happening. So it's, it, and this is what I mean by, like, I'm not, like I'm not. Whereas when 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 it was Wenger out, I and I still am angry at large sectors of the fans for that and for the way that that was handled and for the way that that was treated, because there was no excuse. The man gave us so much success over twenty years, and we're now in free fall. So 
I, like, whereas I can't, I can't be angry at people who are Arteta out. One, because at the moment, a lot of people only have the football to look forward to. You know, that's the thing that gets them through the week. So it's different for me. I don't know about you. Didn't take the knee at the beginning. Interesting choice. Oh, also, but the thing, right, and I'm, uh, a lot of clubs aren't. I think that because, and I'm not saying that like they're not racist because it's obvious that what happened happened. But I think that a few people jumped on that and used that as a, oh, well, they're ob-. like lots of clubs in Europe are not doing this. That's a very Anglo-centric thing that we are, view that we are looking through it because every Premier League club is doing it. Do you know what I mean? Hey, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, so, so I think the big thing from the lineup uh, is probably Aubameyang. Um, mm-hmm. I I do understand because it's difficult because you go, listen, Alba's in terrible form. We should drop him, but then dropping him looks bad. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's who you it, drop him it's, for? You, because because not dropping for me, him for think... Lacazette, but dropping him for Lacazette, you go well. It's more like. I can understand if you like it's if you drop in for Martinelli, it sends a message because you're going, I'd rather play this 18-year-old, 19-year-old youth centre forward who's had fucking 12 minutes of football in the last six months. But do you not think you. it's it's a it's a big message to send? And you know, and, and the North London Derby was like a big message mm. in a different sense, in a kind of, you know, setting the boundaries kind of sense, and which I understood. But for a really important European night, and he doesn't come on until the seventy-eighth minute, and you, you, I think that's your, the it's mistake. your captain, and that's the thing. Well, maybe, but but equally, and he was asked about it in his in his pre-match. Like he knows it's going to be a big big point of contention. I think the the concern for me is like, we've are we getting ourselves into it? And we don't have time to do it now. We've already waffled enough. But like, are we getting ourselves into another Urzel situation with Aubameyang? I I hope we're not. But it it just it does concern me and but then i understand why he did he did drop him it's 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 you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't i think the point being is if we're done with abamyang let's get him out this summer like i mm. I, I don't want to wait around anymore because the only genuinely probably the only time we're going to get any kind of money for him is this summer so i think if we if we, if we are done with him let's learn from our mistakes let's move him on quickly even if it's, yeah, even if it's for cut price because you don't want someone hanging around who you don't want who's taking up big wages who's going to be you know and and we might have lost him for free this summer it could have been really good asset management last summer and let's move him on but it's just a, a concern um agreed yeah so we started off um i was confused and again tactically like strange choice around like Kicking it long, trying to get it over the top. I know Slavia play a kind of like high press, but they kind of sat back at the beginning. I think they, they were probably concerned that we'd try and hit them on the counter and, and play it over mm. the top, which we did, but they were sat back and holding and Gabriel couldn't hit a barn door or whatever. Um, I was confused again why we weren't pressing the keeper more. And again, this is another thing like... Lacazette was a centre-back at one point. Yeah. Like, and, and, not and, and not, pre- not, not not to make it the bash Mikel pod... But it's another thing that in games and another thing that I've seen, I don't feel like he, he capitalises on opportunities. If I'm there on the touchline, and I realise I'm not a UEFA A licensed coach, but if I'm there on the touchline, the and I see that keeper with who is, by the way, woeful. <laughs> woeful. Like horrific. So bad. Surely you go, 
Right. Okay. Well, I've got Saka. I've got I've got Smith Rowe, and Smith Rowe would be the perfect guy. He's got he's got legs. Okay, he's coming off an, off an injury, but say Laka, just sit a bit further forward, keep that line back, and press that keeper. Run at the keeper. I mean, but yeah, listen. I, maybe he didn't think we had the personnel, but it's it's another kind of one of those moments where you it's clear as day there's a weakness there, and we don't exploit it. And mm. you know, I think back to teams like Leicester against us this season. I think back to teams like Spurs. They know what our weakness is, breaking down a low block with Spurs and Leicester know that they can hit us on the counter with Vardy and they just did it and they won the game. And it, it sometimes, we talked about it a couple of times, I don't feel like we do that. Like we, we don't look yeah. at the weaknesses of the other team. We try and go, well, we'll play our Again, football. It reminds me of Wenger. We mm. set up the way we set up and that's, and that's the it. way we, we don't set change. up. And, yeah. and, and so, uh, you have to be like the best, the best manager of all time, Alex Ferguson was constantly reacting to the way uh, that football bit harsh on Frank de Burr, but okay. Um, was was constantly reacting to the way football changed and changing yeah, yeah, the yeah, way yeah. that he played and changing the way that he set up. And yeah. we that that like you say it it becomes a pattern, doesn't it? Once if we're talking about the same issues when it comes to Mikel and when it comes to these players, they're not making the progression required. And this is the thing. All of my analysis is just like, oh, Bellerin's delivery is not very good. We've said this before. Do you know what I mean? It's like, the same issues. And this is, and this is the why same it's concerned. There was the, the chance sort of fairly early on where Bellerin's delivery could barely get past the first man. I think Lacazette it was didn't. coming at the far post. It did, literally didn't. And I just thought, why isn't Chambers there in that position? And that's a very like simple, and, and I think sometimes Erdegaard's not there. And part of my analysis of this game is we missed Erdegaard and it's very easy to just go well this player was missing and they would have done better in that position it's not that simple but yeah it's it's really difficult to, to feel like you're constantly going over the same ground as a fan and it probably and feels Chambers the same as a, a player like an absolute blinder against but, but it, 100% but it probably feels the same as a player imagine being Xhaka now Xhaka's part of the problem but he must be going how many fucking times for Leno, Leno must be watching. And, and again, he's part of the problem. They're all part of the problem because they're, they're the 11 players on the pitch. But they must be going, how many times have we seen the same mistakes from everyone all over this pitch? Like, why can't we sort that out? And, you know, holding playing balls over the top and you're just going, what what, what are we doing? Yeah, and on, on Leno, you know, there's a few moments like when Gabriel tucks it out for a corner early on and Leno has a go at him. And I just think like... Leno genuinely at the moment is an embarrassment to goalkeeping. Like he is either pulling off 10 out of 10. He is either pulling out 10 out of 10 stops or he's got wrists weaker than Cal the Dragon. Like it's, (laughs) there's no in between. There is no in between. And those moments like where Gabriel rolls it out for a corner, Gabriel isn't doing anything because he's expecting Leno to come and collect the ball. And I don't know whether it's because he's got no confidence or whatever, but that header in the last minute, we're skipping past 90 minutes of football, but that header at the last minute is straight at him and he palms it into the top of his net. And we've seen him do that before. I, like, think, that's a bit, I think that's a bit harsh on that one. It's, but I, I agree, it's I agree with you. It's straight at him. It's, it's really it's, not. If, it, I've, like the replay, it's straight at him and he palms it up and you just go like, a quality goalkeeper saves that. But if I threw a ball straight at you, doesn't mean you're gonna save it. Like it's you, the ball is straight at him. I'm not in... a professional Premier League goalkeeper, Alex. What? <laughs> Fuck off. What do you? What, what do you mean? 
Bradley's a very good goalkeeper, actually. If I, okay, so but in five aside, right? If I headed the ball straight at you, like as in from literally like what is it, a like meter, like yards? meter out, eight, eight yards out, wherever it was, yards, yeah. a couple of meters out, and I head it straight at you, that you, you it's going to be hard to react. I'm not defending Leno; he should have done better. But like, I think but the that's difference a bit is, is Leno is paid overall. a hundred thousand pounds a week or whatever it is to be a professional goalkeeper, and it's his job to be better. Like, so I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm like, yeah, it's a difficult save to make, but a quality keeper saves it. Yeah, a quality team doesn't end up in that position. Yeah, a quality doesn't, team doesn't yeah. concede a corner from that that situation. Uh, uh, anyway. uh, well, again, like on that, that's because we don't have a natural left footer at left back. We've skipped the whole game. We'll come back yeah. to that. The... We'll come back to that. <laughs> Brad's fuming. Uh... <laughs> I think we're both fuming, mate. We are, we are. Um, it's funny, actually. I was listening to a couple of our podcasts from like early on in the season because I wanted to see what we were thinking when these problems were the same back then and i've i've lost patience i was so patient i think i can i can hear myself losing the patience um so the first big chance we had was saka through and i thought i thought do better yeah 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 does but sort of separate point to that is like i I went oh come on saka you gotta do better in that situation and he absolutely does right 100 percent. but then i'm going 19 and yeah he's our best player (laughs) And he's also not a goal. He's not a goal scorer. This is the issue. Like, yeah. I think he's more of a creative, dribbling esque player. He's not the person that you want on the end of those opportunities. But the issue is, is half of our fucking team are not players you want at the end of those opportunities at the moment. Yeah, maybe Pepe in that situation with his left. But but even then, you just you go. I just I'm going. It's harsh on me to go. Harsh on me, harsh on him to go, you know, oh, for God's sake, Saka. It's like, well, he's the only one getting in any of those types of positions. Yes, he's missed it. He should have scored. But the fact that we're relying on a 19-year-old is mental. Um, I think the big thing for me... And embarrassing for certain players. That should be... Like, the players should be embarrassed that that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a £56 million player, Aubameyang, right, who's scored 22 league goals in a Premier League season and you're being carried by some absolute wonder kid from Ealing for Christ's sake like you should be embarrassed in yourself like that's that yeah. is embarrassing that yeah. you are a 32 year old at the height of your career captaining a football club and some kid who's only just reached 50 appearances for the club is outperforming you, you to the point Absolutely where I want you sold yeah yeah like, and it's at some point that that's the that's the the players kind of side of things and the, the their portion of the blame it's like Surely you're all in training going, we need to, this is embarrassing. And of course, Saka's amazing. Like that's, that's not to take away from Saka. But um, the biggest thing in the first half I've, I thought was just the lack of identity. And that's such a sweeping statement. But like, I just thought, where is the identity of this team? The patterns of play yeah. that we were seeing in January and February, the, the, and I know a lot the of that, what, you know, you, you, you look back to that tell West me Brom. last night how we were trying to play. I didn't know whether exactly. we were trying to press high because half the time our striker was at centre back or whether we were trying to sit back and hit them on the counter like and so much of our build up is so pointless so it's, and so it's slow just go anywhere it's just and fucking abominable you know part of it like so interesting on Gabriel as well because like I've massively rated Gabriel this season and maybe he's just caught Arsenalitis and lost all his confidence but the last time that Gabriel played in an Arsenal side that kept a clean sheet was November 22nd 
Like, that's mad. That is mad. Yeah, but when was the last time that Arsenal kept a clean sheet? Well, Probably 14 games ago. November. But but Gabriel hasn't played in since November. And Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is, was the last fucking game that we kept a clean sheet that one in November? It's been more than 14 games in five months, whatever it is. Um, yeah, but yeah, probably. listen, the the point being that like even players like Gabriel, who used to, I felt, ball out a little bit, like bring the ball forward, try and have some identity, try and have some kind of um, plan to the game and, you know, try and break the lines. And, and he, he's, he was woeful. He was... He was sloppy. He was constantly playing it back. He was, in fairness, he wasn't getting many options in front of him. But in our, in our build-up, like that identity that we've had, that we've, you know, at times, yes, of course, has been kind of U-shaped and a bit, a bit aimless. That the patterns and the the breaking of the lines. I feel like the only person, if Party doesn't basically grab the game by the scruff of the neck and speed us up, we're just aimless playing it back to Leno who plays it out to the side who plays it back to Holding who has no options in front of him because they're all being man marked so he has to play it back mm. to Gabriel and Gab- Gabriel plays it out to Cedric Cedric's not got a left foot so we can't go anywhere it's it's just it's that same I think we kind of did this back in again referring back to November December we did this thing of t- saying all we do is just stick it in a u-shape and hope that someone's going to move and there's only we haven't got we haven't got Van Dyke at the back you know, so I, I I just don't understand where the identity of this team is. There's such a disconnect. Yeah, um, yeah. And Gabriel, I think it's also he's had COVID. He was our player of the month two months in a row, and he's covering uh, being the only left footer on that left hand side. Williams right footed, Cedric's right footed. You know, Jacker's mm. left footed, but Jacker doesn't go forward because he can't yeah. run. He's not going to be wits so, at all. It, it and I get. I think again, this is a failing of the management, and I, I say management because I don't. I don't want to be like this is a failing of Edu. This is a fa- failing of Arteta because I don't know who's yeah, responsible. It's the for management not getting of the club. Left back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who is responsible for the decision not to bring in left back cover, but it is fucking stupid because the ho- I'm, we're skipping ninety. Like the whole reason that goal happens is because Cedric is right footed. What Cedric has done is he's got it on his left foot and he's gone with one nil up. There's like a minute and a half left to go. I don't want to lose the ball by trying to attempt a pass with my weaker foot to a player in front of me and miss kick it. So he's gone. I'll take the safer option. I'll pass it with my strong foot back to the centre back and have him clear it with his strong foot. Mm. And it's gone wrong. But that Mm. whole issue comes from not having a natural left footed left back. And that's that like any football fan could have told you that that was going to be an issue at some yeah, point. Yeah, we'll pay for it at some point. And we, we, and as it's Arsenal, just happened we always, that we, we always paid, paid for, for it, it in the most, in the most important fucking game of the season. <laughs> Brad's fuming. Um, as yeah. per usual, mate. It's all... Well, not, not as per usual. And again, I was listening back to the pods like. We've this isn't yeah no listen listen anyway we've um we started the second half uh, I didn't feel like we had that kind of second half bounce particularly no. we were doing there was some passages we were breaking the lines quite well in the in the in the end of the first half mainly when Party had kind of woken up a bit Party had a woeful game yesterday uh, but had a little fatigue, bit fatigue could... though isn't it like has he fully recovered from injuries probably not because yeah. we we give him we like two games cover. off and then we throw him back in for ninety minutes like. It's classic. Free kick. This this whole situation is just classic Arsenal. We would do it with Ramsey. We would do it with Cazorla. We would do it with Wilshire. Like 
It is just like we've not changed since fucking 2016. We had a free kick at the beginning of the second half and I was going, don't, Willian. Don't, no, no, not Willian. Not Willian. And then he hit the post and I went, yeah, no, I think Willian. <laughs> but in that position, you surely, you think you think Xhaka, but um, yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it's the right, almost like... It was the, exactly the same space for the, as the Chelsea, like literally the same spot as the Chelsea one in the same end as well. Yeah. Um, I thought we lacked centrality. Um, Odegaard could have sorted that out. In the kind of second phase, like Smith Rowe, Smith Rowe, it's not it's not his his fault. The the profile of player that he is, and and I felt a lot like I felt sorry for Smith Rowe and Saka because Saka was making some poor decisions. But he's nineteen; he's going to make some poor decisions. And Smith Rowe, he is not someone who sticks to one side and you know kind of offers us that structure and offers us that you know that real. Um, that real reliable ball there because he's, he's going to be moving around. So we didn't have structure and we didn't have the cutting edge because of them. But then you go, but that's that's who they are. That's you, you can't. You have to have players around them who provide something. And mm-hmm. there was a moment with Bellerin as well. And you know, you just feel like you're picking out individuals and going like, why aren't you doing better? But you're going, but those are their shortcomings. That's what these players are. That's who they are. You can't make someone. What's your car metaphor that you always bring out about Fiat Punto and a Lamborghini? I just, like, like you can't drive a Fiat Punto like a Lamborghini. It's not like you can't. And, 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 yeah. And moments like you know there was a moment where Bellerin had the ball and it felt like there's going to be a break, but he doesn't trust his pace anymore, so he cuts inside. And <laughs> sounds so sad. He cuts inside. Um, but the point being that it just felt like a team of very very players who have specific skills who aren't Only doing their specific skills, skills yeah. very well. And it, it was just a shame and, and weren't having a good night and it was, it was tough. And then we came to like, I think the moment Why that Chambers sums wasn't up playing, I just don't know. Like, yeah, I think just, the moment it, it just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Some of the, the, the moment that summed up the whole evening, Lacazette gets the ball off that guy in the CDM spot. He runs like he's got a parachute attached to him. Someone said he's the got camera's the camera's quicker than him. The camera has to pan <laughs> backwards. Has to g- genuinely, if you watch that moment again, there's a moment where the camera goes a little bit too far, so it has to pan back a bit to keep him in shot. <laughs> I think the XG on it is like 0.5, and I, I don't know it's how po- they. And it's because. It's because of his approach. He puts himself and his body in such a poor position to curl it that way yeah. and then decides to curl it that way. Like I've just written technique oh, in all God. capitals. Where is your technique? A nearly 30-year-old striker can't finish that. What do you do? And this is, you know, as much as we had the conversation around Arteta earlier on, Oh, he's not to blame for this result. I'm what? just he he's to he is in a sense to blame for certain aspects of this result in you know like in the issue, issues that we've discussed. But the reason that he's to blame in those certain areas is he knows this group of players. He knows Lacazette can't hit a fucking barn door. He knows that. But the, no, but but hilariously, Lacazette can. He's he's got the highest um, shot accuracy. He used to have the highest shot accuracy in the league till like a couple of, a couple of weeks ago or something. He's in the 99th percentile for shots on target. It's just he very rarely gets into positions where he can do that. And 
in that position. He like, just very he, rarely gets into a position where he could shoot. But it's because he, he's had but, one shot all season and it was on target. But, but when your technique is that, but well, exactly. If you get two shots and they're both on target, you're going to look pretty good. But the if you run through and you can't, you don't have the fitness anymore to get yourself into a good position to drag the keeper wide or whatever, whatever it is. It's like what what can what can Mikel do? That was fifty million pounds worth of striker running through and just and he couldn't finish that. We sold Giroud for that. Mr. Tappin a few now, minutes Giroud, later with Saka as well. Now, it was a, it was a tap is, in the, the is the, is genuinely oh. one of the worst strikers I've seen in an Arsenal shirt. Like the game against Monaco where he misses like fucking ninety four sitters is just a disgrace. You've seen me in an Arsenal shirt as well. But that's but that's <laughs> no, but that genuinely, and I said I texted you this about um, holding. It says something when there is a drop-off between David Luiz and you. And it says something when there is a drop-off between Olivier Giroud, who was nicknamed The Lamppost because he went on a 16-game goal drought in 2016, and you. That is, that, like, that's levels. And that's embarrassing. Like a Mr. Sitter, a couple of minutes later, uh, Saka played the ball over uh, from the right-hand side, and he... Just had another parachute Doesn't on. Run. If, he's, if he's got a yard of pace, he gets there and, and it's a tap in. Um, where are the subs? But we've we've it's just boring. We've been over that so many times. Um, Why are we giving players like thirteen minutes to change a game? Williams like, spraying the ball out of play. No athleticism. No drive. Constantly making the wrong run. Smith Rowe is 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 on that is either on the inside and he runs inside and clogs up the field or Smith Rowe's on the outside and he runs to the outside and clogs up the field. It's like, make the right run. Select the right run. You're a professional football player. I can see that. And I have about, I'd be rated about 14 on FIFA. Um, the, yeah, listen, I, the goals happen. Um, it's good hold up from Alba. And listen, he does make the sub and the subs make the impact eventually. You just wish they had longer longer time to do it. It's good hold up from Alba. It's a nice finish from Pepe. You feel the confidence come back. He missed back. the sitter as well. Alba missed the sitter as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's his first shot in the game. Like, what, like, what, what can he's he do been in 12 minutes? About, you know what I mean? But he's been in the game all of about 60 seconds and then he gets the opportunity and he snatches at it yep. because he's not warmed into it yet. Yep. Um, Fuck me. Yeah, the goal was the goal was nice, nice finish from Pepe, um, and you felt oh, the confidence yeah. come back. But yeah, and then we've you know we've tried to analyse that that goal that. What does times. Pepe need to do to start over Willian now, or you know, I just I don't know. I really don't know, mate. And let uh, <laughs> let let's try and find, I feel like this 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 pod has just gone to. <sighs> so let's try and find some. <laughs> Some positives then. What what can we take from that game? We're not out. We're not out. We're not out. Uh, and positive actually, is, is we're piss poor at holding a lead. So yes. hopefully this galvanises the team and the players to go to Prague and beat them. Um, but they're in. They're they they've not been beaten at home all season. So it, you know. So there is a, there's a, there's. Why am I worried about facing Slavia Prague in the Europa League? I know. I we know. used to be a it's, Champions it's a... League team every year, and now I'm going. Oh, could we beat Slavia Prague in the Europa League? Yeah, we should. We should have beaten them last million night. Fifty million pounds in the midfield, and 
how much talent up front? How much is Alba, Laka, and Pepe all together? And I know Worth, price, like I know price tags on everything. Sixty-five million. No, but price. Look, here's the thing, right? The front line is worth like 165 million or something. Which the only the only one that you can say wasn't a fair representation in the sense of like is probably Pepe. If that was a 40 million pound deal, you go fair enough. But we needed a winger. Do you? We were beh- like, well, as in when you when you oh. go and get Salah and Mane for 40 million. Yeah, but again, Salaram, you have to like compare or equate them to deals in the current day. If you were to go and buy one, Mane was Premier League proven and was bought at a different time. And one, Salah, whilst was performing well in Rome, was a Premier League flop and cost them, I think, what was it, like £35 million? Nobody knew that Salah was going to get as hot as he did and fly the way that he did like so if you look it's it's um it's also saying something that i'm saying it would be an okay deal at 40 million pounds in a market where ollie watkins is being sold for that amount you know that 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 is an indication of the player that he is Rian Brewster over however much yeah, for twenty five million or whatever. Maybe, it is. maybe we can hire Liverpool to start selling our players for us. Do you reckon they do like an outreach thing? Oh, it'd be fucking brilliant. Just outsource it. But the, like, Abamyang, I Abamyang, I don't know what the fuck is going on because he has been unbelievable for two and a half seasons and and has genuinely just fallen off a cliff. Lacazette has has always been this player. He's never reached, I think, fifteen league goals in a season for us. Like. We know what Lacazette is. And I think this is one of the reasons why I get frustrated with Arteta because we're sticking Martinelli on the bench and giving him 20 minutes here and then leaving him out for six months to play a man who we know what he does. <coughs> I'm allergic to Bless shit football. <sighs> yeah. You just stopped because I sneezed. Are you going to finish your point? Brad had just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just. He just turned on the Arsenal anger. Yeah, like uh, the whole thing. Like, yeah, that front line obviously isn't worth 165 million pounds. Like, Usman Dembele is a phenomenal talent. If he could score, he'd be brilliant. But even if he was playing to 100 percent of his potential, he's not worth 130 million pounds. Neymar's not worth 220 million quid. Like, like these players are not worth that. But that is the unfortunate nature of the way that the market goes. What do you reckon this podcast's worth, Brad? About priceless seven billion pounds priceless what's yeah what's our analysis worth to bt sport and sky sky sports well it's better than fucking jamie redknapp and jermaine geniuses i can tell you that that i will take that i will take all right brad anything else on the game um no we'll see you after this news and games back to news and views holly ball here all right Ollie we ball. give you all the news <laughs> and all your views but mostly ours just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts you can support us on patreon and buy me a coffee links are in the show description uh, 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 uh we've had a question in from finn who is at finn on twitter uh it is bizarre how much of a difference Xhaka makes to the team was sometimes back further than the centre-backs. Notice any differences with the team with Xhaka playing compared to versus Liverpool? 
gives a structure. <sighs> I think I think we said it last time when when Sabas was playing for for us. I think Sabas chases the ball, but with Xhaka, you know where he's going to be. He's always within like his heat map is consistent every single game. It's the same zones. You know exactly where he's going to be. He is reliable. Like his pass completion rate is always decent. He doesn't a offer lot. you obviously anything at all going forward. He's only really got that left foot. He's suspect defensively at times. He obviously has his hothead moments. But I think what he is, is reliable and consistent. And as sometimes people say on the Arsenal Vision podcast, the best ability is availability. He is always available. Mm. And not only in terms of selection, on the pitch, Shaq is always making himself available. He never shies away from the ball. And that's, I think, something that that is useful. He doesn't have massive quality on it, but you know you can pass yeah. to Xhaka pretty much always. And he's always going to be there. And, and so much flows through him. So when you take that out, and you're a centre-back, and you're coming out with the ball... And you've got Ceballos, who's going, at fucking left wing, and, you know, a right-footed left-back. You're left with not a lot of options. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so at Sam Trotter says, can we blame Arteta for the players' performance tonight? If not, how have the attitudes changed since the good spell in Jan-Feb? We've kind of covered that one. Uh, AFC71 says, do you think if these players would have would have scored more if their wages depended on goals scored? I live in hope that a 1-0 lead would have been a more dangerous result for a team that cannot defend. Remember Olympiacos when they nearly threw it away. Well, I mean, like West Ham have got like a £10 million bonus thing they're going to share up between the players if they get top four I do think there's something in 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 weighting contracts more towards performance there's got to be something we can do with that because I don't feel like and, and actually I don't know whether other teams do it particularly but if I'm whoever the new well Richard Garlic maybe will be handling the contracts from now on or whoever we replace to Hus Farmy maybe it'll be that kind of cross between Edu and um, Mr. Garlic but um, as, as his mates call him um, but I think there's got to be something we can do with that, right? Like some kind of player performance uh, incentives in, in contracts. Yeah, there's, because we've you know we've heard it before that Williams that Williams contract is like a hundred and forty or fifty or sixty grand a week or something, but then gets boosted with incentives and bonuses to like two hundred and twenty grand a week if he performs well and all this shit. So. There is, there is it like part of that within the game. I, I don't know whether that's. If you offer, you could have offered Lacazette fucking fifty. You could have offered Lacazette our like the ownership of Arsenal, and he still would have missed last night. He's fucking terrible. I think. I think also like we as. As peasants, like we, the, the, you know, like players have to pay. For example, if they swap their shirts, they have to pay for the the shirt, mm. right? I think about that when a player gives the shirt over. I'm like, oh, it's for 50 quid. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. 50 quid out of their... They, it's like, it's literally like if you spend a 50 couple p, of quid to us like or whatever. It's like 50p to your like, so, equatable so, wage. Like, it's so stupid. if you got, got £2,000 for completing, I don't know, if you, for, sprint, for completing 10 more sprints in a game, you don't care. <laughs> Cool. Like, I don't, it's two grand to me. That is nothing. You know, I'd I'd rather be be on the bus home already. So I don't know. It's really really difficult. Um, just in terms of news, then uh, we've had news this morning from um, David Ornstein that Foller and Balogun is going to be signing a new four year deal with Arsenal imminently. I think that's really 
it's good news. I mean, ultimately, it's it's asset protection of a very highly rated youngster. Um, what do you think that means moving forward then? Because I think it means lack of we've got in terms of striker options. I think that's what that means. I think they're gone. Yeah. So, so if we think it think it through, we've got Alba Martinelli potentially in that centre forward position. Perhaps it spells that they're not never going to see Pepe as a centre forward or try him there. I don't think he is a centre forward. Lacazette and Ketia. Yeah, but it's it maybe it'd be worth a try. Mm. But but yeah, we've got that that sort of group now. Um, perhaps John Jules out on loan. I was wondering whether he might be coming into it, but maybe he's he's not impressed. Yeah, I mean, how do you what? It's an interesting one because it feels like we now got sort of two. Do we sign someone in that sort of twenty three to twenty eight yes. bracket in the summer? Surely yes. we have to. Yes. Surely whether we, have we to. Uh, you should ha- like we. Whether we're training Martinelli to be a centre forward or not, we're not playing him as a centre forward. Like last night, he came off a William rather than getting Lacazette off the pitch. Um, and you need a couple of options. You, and f- f- no matter what your opinions are on Balogun and how highly rated he is, he is still unproven. I don't think we should go into next season... Let's say we sell Enketia and Laka. We shouldn't go into next season with Abamyang being our only real proven striker. There should be another option. So mm. it doesn't even have to be a particularly long-term investment. It could be picking up, like I've mentioned a few times before, like an Andrea Bellotti who's got a year left on his deal, picking him up on the cheap keeping him for 12 to 24 months and then selling him on. I sent you a list of all the players that, let me just find it, of the reams and reams of players who this summer have got one year left on their deal. And I think that picking up somebody from there who will keep for 12 to 24 months and then move on would be smart because one then will know if Balogun is going to mature into kind of that first choice option and Martinelli. or Martinelli is going to evolve into that first choice option or whether we need to go out and sign a, an Ollie Watkins, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin or somebody who is going to come in and be that striker. But mm. just looking... And it depends who's around them long term as well and it will have to become a kind of a discussion around the, the balance of that front three. I mean, you, you know, not to use Liverpool again, but it is it's a balanced front three. So it's and it's and it's worked. So it's a good example. And we, if we can, Mane and Salah, yeah. they are the inside forwards, and Firmino sits back and plays the kind of link up role and, and does more defensively. That's a really good balance. So if we if we have a Martinelli who is going to be front footed, maybe we need a more creative side on the left or or the right. Or you know, if we got Saka and Martinelli, who fits who fits that left hand side? It's it's interesting to know and where Smith Rowe is yeah. going to be. So it's going to depend. But it's it's good that we have got some kind of um, we've got some options in mm. Balogun and Martinelli. Absolutely, I, th- I I really like Balogun. Yeah, I think I think when he came on against Molder he, and he's really impressed me. Absolutely, yeah. like he's done well, and it's a shame that maybe good news. his playing time has diminished because of not agreeing a contract sooner. Maybe I'm I'm not sure, but even if you know, because yeah. it, it seems like with this contract being signed, Enketia and Lacazette will leave. Because Enketi has struggled to find minutes in the last few months, and it's uh, Lacazette's going into the last season of his contract. I, I don't have a fucking clue why we kept him when apparently there was a decently sizable offer on the table last summer from Roma, I think. 
Um, hmm. It made no sense to keep him, but and now you know we'll yeah. get less well, we'll but, get less money yeah. for him. But I don't think we can. The more that I watch this team, the more that I think and I realize that having that getting a center forward in is vital because we don't have one that plays the way that we want. And whether Balogun or Martinelli can mature into that, they currently aren't that. So picking up a Danny Ings, who's got a year left on his deal at Southampton, a Bellotti, who's got a year left on his deal at Torino, going to, um, like, we yeah. both, we've, we've, we're all aware of the financial peril that the French league are currently in, that the Italian league are currently in, that, you know, mm. Real Madrid are currently in. They're looking at debts of up to what what was it like 600 million quid and that's why they're that's why they're having to look to sell Erdegaard and Jovic and you you go Mm. well go to them and try Uh, and loan those players because maybe getting a Jovic in for a season on loan won't get us exactly where we need to be but it will at least it's a bridge bridge and it means that we can patch other areas first yeah, and and I think you sent me the list and I've got it here now. It, you, listen, you know, obviously like Mbappe and Neymar are on it and they're looking like they're going to sign new deals. But there's also some really interesting, you know, Pedri at Barca, you know, is he going to sign a new deal? He's a, he's a young attacking midfielder. Could we make use of that? You've got like Varane and stuff. Camavinga's got a got a year left. I'm not saying he's going to come to us, but then there's kind of more realistic options. Frank Kessie, you've Sabitza, got, um, as you said, Danny Ings. Brozovic. Uh, Sabitza, Bubakar Kamara at Marseille, Denis Sakurara at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Like, We've got to start some. Um, oh God! Wait, wait. Is is Samara? Yeah, Bubakari Samare's on there from Lille. Like there are there are lots of yeah. players on this. Jeremy Boga from Sassuolo, James Tarkovsky at centre back mm. at Burnley, Akanji yeah. at Dortmund. Like there are lots and lots. Uh, John Stones, you know, we've spoken about before. I don't know whether we have on this podcast, but he's got. Yeah, like there are lots and lots of options here that. That if yeah. we bought in, kept for and two years weirdly, and got rid of, would would be smart business. Yeah. It would be smart business. Yeah. And weirdly, I do trust Edu to do that. Like I've seen, you know, good, Matt Ryan. Like for example, with the Erdogan, Erdogan situation, with the Matt Ryan situation. And I know it hasn't worked out, but Runison for a million, like a million, it's, it's what is that, a million? And, you know, if he goes out and we get five million for him, it's decent business. I'm not saying, you know, that's the pinnacle of good business, but it's, it's signs that we're looking at options and deals and, and kind of, working within our means smartly, which is really good. I just want to touch on Balogun just before we go. Um, in terms of the timing, um, I do think mm-hmm. it's interesting and I know it's kind of a, a cynical angle to take on it. It's not surprising. Obviously, they yeah. know. It's not surprising. Yeah. Like, we've yeah. seen this, yeah. we've seen this I wonder how long so many this. times, you know. It's not, it's not just come out of the woodwork. This will have been leaked by the club to help equalise the mood. And and you know what? It's smart, fair enough, whatever. Um, I, it's just distraction tactics. It's trying to distract you from what happened last night to hopefully give you a piece of news that means that we can move on and move forward. But yep, 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 yep. Uh, okay, let's finish off, Brad, as we always do with Arsenal trivia. Uh, we asked the question, which kit manufacturer sponsored Arsenal from 1971 to 1986? At South Savs on Twitter, got this immediately. Go on, Brad, who was it? Sondico. It was not Sondico. I literally told you it wasn't Sondico. It was Umbro. Umbro. Well, I don't know if you got that right. 
the next question is, I feel like I'm doing a pub quiz. The question for next week is, Arsenal's tally of how many league championships is the third highest in English football after Man United with 20 and Liverpool with 19? How many league championships have we got with the third highest in English football after Man United and Liverpool? And it's great because it feels like we're sort of keeping up with that, isn't it? It's, it's nice that we feel, you know, we're sort of on the same path as those teams and, you know, like, you know, recent history and stuff. It's all good. Like this... It's been a really positive podcast and I feel like, you know, we're getting somewhere with Arsenal and, you know, trust the process and everything's great and we're all going to be okay, guys. <laughs> I'm worried, mate. Me too. I'm really worried because I, th- I was thinking about this, like, what examples do we have? There's more examples of teams going south from this place than, going north. than there are of teams coming back. Thanks for listening to the Different Art Podcast. <laughs> Listen, we're not at the Europa League. We've got Can some, some decent Russian games, billionaire winnable games. Just come and buy us, please. For fuck's sake, get like get these American twats out. It's just fucking. Oh, well, there's that there's that guy in Africa who says he's going to buy us once he's sorted out his business propositions. Um, anyway, listen, we're not at the Europa League yet. Although it does feel like it. It's one of those games that I kept describing as a loss before I realised, no, we actually drew. Um, we're not at the Europa League. We have got some winnable games in the Prem. We're only 10 points off fourth. Like, it feels bad because of where we are, but actually the, the, it's a massively compressed league. There's green shoots, Balogun with a new contract. Um, the summer, if we get some investment, you know, things can change very quickly in football. Um, and that's where I'll leave it rather than saying what I really think. All right. Pleasure as always, Brad. As per usual, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you after. Who are we playing the Sheffield weekend? Sheffield United beat us two-one. Uh, yeah, after Sheffield United have their only win of the season in a five-nil victory. <laughs> uh, see John Lundstrom scores a hat trick from centre back. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.